Hey, if you've just found this podcast, welcome. And if you're back for another episode, welcome back. In either case, you can help other book lovers find this show too. Please share a favorite episode with a friend or leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It makes a difference. From Wyoming Public Media. This, 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 is, this is spoken. Spoken. Spoken words. Spoken words. This is spoken words. I'm Micah Schweitzer. One of the things that ties us all together is that we are all in love with the American West. And we're in love with what the American West represented in the very beginning. And that, of course, was the full suite of animals that people like Lewis and Clark found here. In this episode, we're hearing from Dan Flores. He's Emeritus Professor of History at the University of Montana and the author of 10 books on Western U.S. history. In his recent book, Coyote America, Flores offers a biography of an animal that's fascinated him since his childhood in Louisiana. What I began to realize as a kid, I mean, I had some pretty dramatic encounters with them uh, that I describe in Coyote America when I was 13, 14 years old. And it set in my mind uh, this kind of question about what's going on with coyotes being in Louisiana. And what I ultimately discovered as I began to uh, search out the coyotes biography and its story in North America was that I was kind of on the cutting edge of this coyote colonization out of the West and across America. And as a kid, I had gotten to, to see it. Flores knows a book about coyotes might be a hard sell in ranching country like Wyoming or Montana, but he asks his audience to approach with an open mind. I think people in the livestock industry are going to come to reading a book like Coyote America with a set of preconceived notions. And really what I'm asking everybody to do, because it's what I asked myself to do as a writer, is to drop those preconceptions and approach the animal and its story on the basis of, okay, I want to see how this unfolds. Flores peppers his research with stories to give readers the opportunity to see the coyote with fresh eyes. Here's Flores reading from a section of Coyote America where a Navajo boatman named Marcus Buck has an unusual encounter with a coyote. Among the Indian and white homes in and around Bluff, a particular coyote had been causing trouble, killing sheep, chasing pets, and attracting attention to itself. Bluff is no Chicago, with a population of about 350 people rather than 9 million. But like so many big cities across America nowadays, small towns like the one where my parents live in Louisiana had also acquired resident coyotes. An occasional one becomes a problem. So the Navajo chapter leadership asked Marcus if he couldn't hunt down this coyote and take it out. A few mornings later, Marcus was in his truck on the edge of town, bouncing slowly along a dirt road, his rifle in the gun rack behind his head, when out of the waist-high sagebrush, a coyote stepped into the road no more than 25 feet away. Marcus braked to a stop. The dust from the truck tires rose into the air, briefly obscured the coyote, then settled. The coyote was still there, standing broadside of the truck. Marcus reached behind him and grasped his rifle. As Marcus told me this story, we were floating through a calm but gorgeous stretch of the Colorado River below Lava Falls Rapid. 
crenulated black lava flows and irregular dikes and blobs of lava decorated both banks of the river. Marcus and I were alone on his raft, the rest of our group bobbing along in five more yellow craft some distance downstream. I was sitting behind him and couldn't see his face as he told me what happened then. This coyote walks nonchalantly right in front of me in the road, looks at me, sees the rifle. Then you know what he does? He yawns right in my face, kind of stretches. Then he turns to look back where he'd come from, and I hear coyotes howl a ways back. So he raises his nose, throws back his head, and howls back at them. I've got my hand on the stock of the rifle, but I still haven't pulled it down. Now he stops howling, turns back to me, looks straight as can be right at me for probably half a minute. Then he strolls casually across the road in no hurry at all, as if he knew something about me. So you never shot. I'd known how this was going to go. No, I never even got the gun down. He was just too damn nonchalant, too confident, something. And I didn't know for sure if it was the coyote everybody was looking for. But you know something? Even if it was, I wouldn't have shot. That coyote was so cool looking, so perfect. He was way too pretty to shoot. I nodded. Marcos had experienced one of those moments of sympathy with the world. These are moments of identification, animal to animal. They're rare. Sometimes a moment like that becomes unforgettable because the dialogue of body language isn't getting filtered by the cultural thoughts in our heads, by loaded language like depraved or gangbanger or arch predator of our time. Each sees the other for who he is. Although rare, these are the kinds of moments millions of us need to have so we can coexist with coyotes, urban and otherwise. For Flores, the American West cannot be understood apart from the story and presence of coyotes. Well, I, I have to think of the coyote as one of these iconic animals that's... Um, almost indistinguishable, really, from Western history, because coyotes appear uh, every time you look at beginnings in the American West. A coyote is going to make an appearance very shortly after the story begins. Coyotes uh, were encountered by the Spaniards who settled the Southwest in California uh, almost immediately. In fact, as they moved up from Mexico into places like New Mexico and California. They were seeing coyotes all along the way. Uh, Lewis and Clark, as soon as they reached the edge of the Great Plains in uh, 1804, they began to see coyotes. They don't know what they are. They think they're foxes at first. They finally decide that they're a version of wolves, and so they give them the name prairie wolves. But I think even in our popular culture, I mean, the coyote is a, a coyote howling under a western full moon is about as iconic an image of the West as you can get. It's right up there with uh, mustangs running across the prairie in the 19th century. In his view, the coyote's howl is the original national anthem. Flores believes the sound links us to our past. When we listen to coyotes howl, I mean, that's one of the things about coyotes as a symbol of the American West, is that we experience them with more than one sense. 
Uh, it's not just that we see them merely, but we hear them. And in fact, we hear them quite a bit more than we than we see them. And so we're experiencing them with a sense. The sense of hearing is uh, kind of an indelible one in our brains. It's why whenever we hear a song playing on the radio from when we were in college or when we were teenagers, it immediately can conjure up a time for us. It's a hearing is a sense that has the ability to put us in another place. And so the coyote's howl is so distinctive and such a common feature of the Western landscape that uh, it becomes one of those uh, sensory experiences that we kind of take with us for the rest of our lives. Flores works to dispel some common misunderstandings about coyotes and argues against what has been, in his view, wholesale persecution of this animal. So part of the part of the story that I try to tell in Coyote America has to do with providing Americans, uh, I, I think probably for the first time, a biography of this animal that goes back to its evolution and its roller coaster ride through history in terms of its relationship with people, because native people regard it as a sacred animal, as a, a deity that in fact is responsible for the creation of North America. We Europeans arrive and once we encounter coyotes, we sort of draw this assumption that, well, it's sort of a junior wolf, and so it deserves the same kind of treatment that we, uh, we turn over to wolves. But we do it all without ever trying to find out any real information about them. And so the purpose of Coyote America really is to sort of lay out the story. I didn't try, I didn't set out in the beginning to write a pro-coyote book or an anti-coyote book either. I just set out to try to write a biography of this animal and let the chips fall where they may. And the story turned out to be one that I think most people are going to really be surprised at uh, and, and a lot of its turns and twists. Flores hopes his book will foster a new tolerance for the coyote's presence in modern life. Coyotes are always going to be symbols of the West. I think for everybody across the board. One of the things that ties us all together, no matter which side of the spectrum we're on, whether we're fighting to preserve the West as it existed in the 19th and early 20th centuries, or whether we're new arrivals in the West and advocates of uh, new Western culture. One of the things that ties us all together is that we are all in love with the American West. And we're in love with what the American West represented in the very beginning. And that, of course, was the full suite of animals that people like Lewis and Clark found here. We're all enamored with that because it conjures up for us what America was like before we began really tampering with it and changing it. And I think the coyote is so critical a part of that story that as we go into the future, there's little doubt that the coyote is going to stand for a kind of uh, a timeless icon and image. And the coyote's song in particular is going to resonate for us as far into the future of the American West as 
as I can see. Uh, I think uh, we're, we're never going to be able to get rid of them. That's a futile exercise. All our efforts have done is to spread them across the entire country. And so what we need to do is to figure out how to learn from them, to coexist with them, and to enjoy their presence on the Western landscape. This episode was produced by Teo Basquia. I'm Micah Schweitzer. And again, if you have a moment, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes or tell a friend so other people can find this show. Spoken Words is a collaboration between the University of Wyoming's MFA in Creative Writing program and Wyoming Public Media.